Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk to Christopher Frontiero? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, he likes that. Do you like that Lauren sings the theme song every? I always do. I can't not I do like it. it. No, I love that. I, I love. It. I think it's amazing. That's that's perfect. That should be the theme song. Should you just being dum dum dumming? That's hilarious. That's funny. So well, hi, hi, hi. Uh, hi. So we are interviewing Christopher Frontiero today. Um, he has been in such movies like. Um, Charlie says, which is what we watched, and you've been in Dexter, right? You're in and Parks and Rec, Parks and Recreation. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's really nice to have you on. Well, thanks so much. It's lovely uh, to be here in my apartment. Talking yeah. To you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is really cold here. So how's the yeah. weather over there? Uh well, wow, real miserable Hollywood day. Uh, uh, gray, 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 and in the uh, high fifties, low sixties. <laughs> it's like uh, the just, single just digits miserable. here. It's right, 12, 12 degrees here. Yeah, it's um, twelve degrees here. When I was coming over to Lauren's house, I was like, <laughs> every time I wake up, I'm like, I hate everything. I don't want to leave my apartment. I, this the sucks. snow, the snow is really, really beautiful. But when it's like it below is. twenty degrees, it's it's really cold. It's yeah. <laughs> It sucks. Of course. But, yeah. I'm yeah. from the uh, I'm from the East Coast originally, and last weekend uh, they got hit with a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. Geez. And my 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 buddy's inside. He's watching football. He's sending me pictures of the blizzard outside, <laughs> and I sent him pictures of uh, my girlfriend and I going through tide pools in the West. You know, with our, <laughs> you know, the beautiful sunny day in California. I I love rubbing rubbing it in their faces. How long have you lived in Los Angeles? I moved out here in February of 2006. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. I graduated 2005, so that's interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did something in 2006, so that's also interesting. <laughs> that's great. That's good. Yeah. My life has stuff, too, Lauren. So did you uh, did you always want to be an actor? Well, we should, yeah. we should say... Oh, so sorry. Don't answer that, no. <laughs> Well, no, I wanted I to say, so so Samantha, who you're, you're dating, uh, Samantha Harding, right, was on... Um, she did our cover yeah, art. She, yeah, she did our cover art, but she was also in our Little Mermaid episode. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to kind of, like, that's how you guys know each other, that's how we met you, you know, just include her in there and say, hi, Samantha. How are you doing? Hi, Samantha. <laughs> I'll try not to embarrass you. Okay. <laughs> Good idea. No promises. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. So yeah. So in, I just I wanted to preface that. And, sure. And mention that. Sure. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I met Lauren and Samantha just eating at an IHOP. Yeah. And look at where we are now. Yeah. Now we're talking to you in Los Angeles on a podcast. We're, so. We're really met. At an IHOP? Yeah, yeah, she was eating alone, and I was with Samantha, and I was just like, why don't you come over and join us? And she was mm-hmm. like, okay, and then we've just been friends ever since. And then we found out that Samantha and I actually resided in the same apartment building at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. that's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty, it was really crazy. Yeah, and then, uh, when I watched your demo reel and saw the scene on Parks and Rec where you, uh, Ron Swanson was ordering the meat platter, I was like, I love that scene. It's so <laughs> crazy that... We're interviewing the guy who get to be a part of that. Like that's really cool. So I got to be a meme. 
You got to be a meme. See, that's, that's awesome. That's, yeah. That's, you got to be a meme. Yeah. That's, all, that's, that's kind of more exciting than being on the show. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, then really, like, everyone sees you, you know, as the meme, because oh, yeah. it's, like, everywhere, yeah. 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 I also, I also got to do, I was a, uh, what do they call it, uh, I got memed in a thug life meme, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, I got to, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a silly Dorito spec that me and uh, a few of my friends made, but it got out there, and I got a... Smoke weed every day, thug life, artwork <laughs> plugged on my face at the very end. That is so cool. That's, awesome. that's pretty Love awesome. That's, that's my 15 minutes right there. <laughs> that feels good. No, I like that. That's cool. Um, yeah. So back to the question yes, that I asked yes. before Lauren told me not to. Have <laughs> right, you always right. wanted to be an actor? Because, like, what, what, how that start? What's that? How'd that get well, going? Yeah, I mean, I, it's... I think like a lot of, like a lot of kids, you sort of lean toward what the first thing that you're good at. The first thing that someone tells you that you're good at, um, maybe you put a little bit more attention into that than in other things. And I wasn't a good athlete. I was a you know chubby kid. Now I'm a chubby adult. I was slow, and what you know, uh, 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 it was the first thing that someone you know, a teacher said, hey, you're good at that. You should do this. And then told my parents, hey, you know, he might, I don't know what it, what was it? Was it me just talking, you know, making a joke in class or being loud or trying to be the center of attention or whatever it was. But the teacher said, hey, maybe, maybe Chris should do a play. And uh, so I did a play and then another and then another. And then suddenly I was just always in plays. And I made a decision early on. I was one of those very lucky kids to have great parents who always said you can do whatever you want when you grow up. I now that I'm an adult, I didn't know that that was a fucking lie. I didn't know that. <laughs> I really thought they meant it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be an actor. That's just what I'm going to do. And I just stuck on that path and I never really uh strayed away from it. That's awesome. Um, I think I think yeah. that's probably the drive Honestly, that's probably the mindset you need to probably make it in the entertainment business any in any form, like rock star, actor, anything. Just like, I'm going to do this, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I yeah. think to, re- to really make it, to really, really make it, you have to have the mindset. Um, and like, maybe I preface the statement by saying, I haven't really made it. This is just, you know, let's be honest here. But to really make it, you have to decide, I would rather starve than not Mm-hmm. do my do my art right get, yeah get paid to do my art right and just put everything into that um you know at a certain point i would i i i had to decide uh you know i kind of like having a little more room and <laughs> and and food in the fridge and i don't want to be a starving artist you know what i mean and, and so you make sort of you 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 sort of play that delicate balance with yourself. What? So I had um, a question actually about Charlie says, like, what was the auditioning process like for that for that role, or I guess any role really, like, in just in general. Uh, well, that that movie was was fun. Uh, the audition process was fun specifically because 
an old buddy of mine that I was in acting class with uh, auditioned for the picture too, and we were both there at the same time. Um, uh, so whenever audition, I'm a, you're always a little bit nervous in, uh, in an audition. When you see someone there that you know, all that goes away. It's a it's it's relief. Interesting. Right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, so you know the audition was pretty standard. I got I got. Uh, I got an email from my agent uh, or my manager, I'm not sure whom, uh, prepared the material. The office, uh, this is, of course, before COVID, when every audition was you got to go to a physical office and walk into a room and meet people and say hello and perform your audition live, and, which I miss those days. It's been quite a while since i've been able to do that oh is it mostly Uh, like over zoom now or sending in videos or it's mostly yes you're putting yourself on tape and then sending it to either your reps and then your reps send it to casting or you're sending them uh directly to casting oh wow um which i don't i really 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 adamantly do not like i know it's more convenient but i yeah you know i think I am the type of person who uh, I don't. I like to connect mm-hmm. with people. I like to connect with the 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 assistant who's you know sitting outside of the office on his or her computer. I want to connect with the person behind the camera. I just I I feed off of that. And this just putting yourself on tape and sending it away is so impersonal. Um, it's made the job of auditioning far less enjoyable. Yeah, I imagine it's hard to like yeah. for people to know your your vibe and your energy and like sort of riff off you when there's this static yeah. sort of technolo- technology right. barrier between well, yeah. When you it, get it more me- you get more like immediate feedback, you know? Like it, you know? Yeah. So you're you're able to see like how people view your audition and everything versus just not even knowing, which I would imagine would be really frustrating. And oftentimes they'll give you a, a note, an adjustment, and now you have to do your scene again, only with a slightly different take on it. Right. Um, that's most auditions, frankly. Uh, not having that opportunity, not you know, now now they don't know whether or not you can take a note. Oh and yeah. They have to, they, all right. So now they're casting you off whatever you put in, but they don't know if you're able to take a note. So you, now you get on yeah. set, and the director says, "Can you do it a little more like this?" Maybe the actor can't um i think i think we're i think as an industry i think we're missing a lot mm-hmm. by not having these in-person pre-reads it makes it, it it makes me feel uh it makes me personally it makes me feel a little less important mm-hmm. than i did for years and years getting to you get an audition and that means your audition could be on the warner brothers lot Oh yeah, you know, what yeah. A, or, you know, or the or Paramount, and and you get to, you know, you, you used to be able to get to drive on, you show your ID, and now you're a big now for the next hour you're a big shot. You get to park <laughs> at Warner Brothers, sort of walk around the lot, look at everything that's being made. That's so you know, cool. Little, that would be awesome. That'd be so exciting. The, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling, um, and and. And I, I just very much miss that. I very much miss that. The um, the Charlie Says audition was really was funny because 
oftentimes the best part of the audition isn't the audition it's whatever else happens while you're there and they wanted they the, i played a, a a prison guard who sang to himself yeah and so they wanted so they wanted to hear me sing a little bit um and uh you know i did the scene and i left and then right before i left the room i walked back in and I said, I don't know what prompted me to say this, but maybe I just wanted to stand out. I said, so listen, I'm sure everybody in this room has done a ton of research about uh, the Manson murders, but um, in case you haven't heard this particular podcast, there's an NPR reporter named Karina Longworth who has a podcast called You Must Remember This. Uh, it's, she's uh, a Canadian. And she did this 13-part or 20-part series called Charles Manson's Hollywood. And it is this really, really expansive uh, it, it, uh, uh, history of the Manson murders from different points of view. And I listened to, I've listened to, the th I've listened to it twice wow. over. It was just fantastic. So I recommended it to everybody in the room, including the director, <laughs> Mary Heron, who... I'm sure had yeah. probably listened to it a thousand times herself. And she she's she directed American Psycho. She's a huge she's a huge deal. That's, a huge yeah, deal. that's really cool. Even be in the room yeah. with her. And I kind of think that like just me coming back in the room and saying that and expressing that I kind of have a macabre passionate sort of interest in the Manson murders. I think that's what's probably put me over. No, like, oh, that's... this guy he this guy really wants to be in this movie. He thinks yeah, he thinks yeah. He no, I, think that's what did it. I uh, this is totally off the subject and I'm just going to yeah. tell it quickly, but I had a job interview like three years ago and it was during the pandemic and I was the only person that was in our office, like, cause I was printing and mailing things for people. So the job interview I was doing in the office and I had these big picture windows and my life was full of like printing and mailing and also watching this like mama and baby deer on the campus every so often, every day in the middle of the interview. I, f I was so embarrassed afterwards. I was like, oh, there's a baby deer outside. And they probably thought, like, this girl is crazy. Like, she's she's obviously out on, like, leave from some, like, <laughs> mental institution. Because in the middle of an air. But then I got the job. So, you know, it's all about making yourself memorable, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. that baby that baby deer got me the job. And those Manson podcasts got you the job. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're talented, too. I'm not <laughs> trying to minimize your talent. but. <laughs> Well, no. Hey, but you know, you know, you you never know the little things that that'll, that'll make you stand out. A friend of mine booked a job once where he had just, I think, left the set doing something else. He could not prepare the material at all, and he had to show up to the audition. And rather than prepare the material, he burst in the room and just basically did a three-minute impro uh, uh, improvisation explaining to everybody why he didn't know the material. Oh, wow. But it was, like, loud and energetic, and it was full of life, and it was bizarre. <laughs> and, then, and then he left and booked the job. See? Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Interesting. That's so Interesting. cool. So uh, in your circle of, like, doing interviews and being in things, do you... Ha run into the same kind of people a lot is it kind of like a little club like it's oh, hey. it is it is surprisingly a small town it was 
it was much again before before the pandemic it was much smaller because you know quite often you would be in a room with a bunch of people who look like you which oh, is right yeah for the right, audition right. Yeah. bizarre in itself <laughs> yeah i would imagine um, you know and uh you know and 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 for a long time they were all like looking for seth rogan type jonah hill type zach galifianakis type and we're just we're it's all of us i mean we're all we're all friends <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm still, I actually became friends with a couple of people who, who literally just because we look alike and met in the ship rooms, which is strange. No, I like um, it. The Seth it Rogen, is, it is Jonah Hill, Zach Galifianakis club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it is a, it is a, it's a, it's a, for as much work as there is out here, for as much production as there is out here, it does, uh, every now and then it does feel like a small town. If you, if you go, if I, when I go to a play, almost anywhere in the city, if I go to a play on a random night, I'm going to, I'm going to know someone in the audience, even if it's just, oh, I, that's a commercial casting director who I went in for three years ago or something like that. You're always Mm going to see somebody you recognize. Actually, one of the fun perks uh, about being in the union or any of the unions out here is during award season you get uh, invited to uh, screenings of different films. Oh, cool! And oftentimes, I know, I know. It's you. I don't know why you two don't live out here. You really should. Um, yeah, geez. I just wanted. I just want the perks. Like, just, I know. I'm like, I just want to see. I just want to see a movie early. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just want to see. Yeah, I want to be on a talk show. When you know how like Jimmy Fallon gets like, doesn't he get like discs of the movies a lot so he can like watch them before yeah. interviews? That's what yeah. I want to do. I just want to be like Jimmy. When you're done with that, can I borrow it? I want to see Oppenheimer yeah. a month early or whatever. Yeah. Come out here. I'm telling you. Come out here. I'll hook it up. You start doing some extra work, some background work. You get in the union, and then you'll get all those screeners, all those screener DVDs that you want. They'll oh come man, for you. that's that well, sounds the, awesome. Sam was in well, a movie. Oh gee, <laughs> you want to talk about it? I, no, no. Yeah, let's talk about this. It's I was an oh, extra in a party scene of a movie. It was called The Lake Effect. It was filmed in Michigan. It's oh, about um. It's about this guy whose daughter, like long lost daughter, comes to his doorstep like eight months pregnant or whatever. The dad from Stranger Things. Did you ever watch Stranger Things? Yeah, absolutely. The first season of Stranger Things, um, Will Will and Jonathan's dad, like their dad who lived in the city or whatever. Oh, the trailer, right? Yeah. He played the dad in the movie that I was in. And uh, so I was an extra in a party scene. And if you... You don't even have to blink and you'll miss me. You'll just miss me. I know <laughs> where I am because I was there, but nobody will ever see me in this shot because it's like a blur. Uh, but anyway, it was on Netflix for a while. Um, and uh, uh, what was I? Oh, he was super nice. They put all the, like, all the extras for the party scene were like in this back bedroom of this house. And he was the only actor out of everyone. Like, he was the most famous, and he wasn't, I mean, no offense to him, but he wasn't even that famous. He was just the most famous of the people that were in the movie at the time. And he was the only one who gave any of the extras time of day. Like, he came to the back room and chatted with us for maybe, like, five minutes, and everyone else was like, if you live or die, we really couldn't care less. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't that mean a lot when when you see the somebody famous take the time out to make you feel welcome yes. on set. it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing 
Yeah. Have you have you met anyone that has made you feel like welcome to the set? I, uh, quite a few. I've been very lucky. The what I did, one of the first things I ever did out here was a short about uh, it was oh god it was like it was like some college sports team on a plane and it goes down and then they're and they become cannibals but it was a comedy and the pilot <laughs> of the, the pilot was played by an actor named Neil Flynn and Neil Flynn the name sounds he weird. had he was the series lead in a in a sitcom for years but uh, he was also, I think most famously, he was the janitor on Scrubs. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, okay, right. yeah. I know, yeah. Yes. He's from Chicago. He's a huge Cubs fan, and the Red Sox were really good at the time, and the Cubs were good at the time. And uh, we, we during some lunch for about a half hour, we just sat and talked baseball. Oh, that's cool. And it, it, it meant the world to me. It yeah. really did. Uh, my, when I did Dexter, Michael C. Hall had just done a movie with my old acting teacher, Brad Henke, who sadly passed away um, uh, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad texted Michael C. Hall and said, hey, one of my students is on your show this week, so make sure you give him shit. <laughs> and he did. He gave me shit. And I was scared. And he was like, I'm just kidding. And he said, Brad told me to do that or something. And then oh, we, and, awesome. and, and we got to have lunch together at one point. Um, and he talked about the, the movie that they had done and just made me feel really, really comfortable. Nick Offerman did the same thing. I was going to ask. I was wondering. I was, I... Nick Offerman, I was, I was sitting in the makeup trailer, and uh, Amy Poehler was right next to me, mm-hmm. and Amy Poehler just said, a hi, how you doing? And, uh, and you know, that was nice. She she. she, she Amy Poehler's got a lot going on. I <laughs> yeah. didn't, I, you know, I, yeah. you, don't, you don't expect you don't expect the red carpet rolled out for every little co-star who walks on the show. <laughs> and I'm just sitting in hair and makeup, and I feel a slap <laughs> on my back, a hard slap on my back. I turn around, and it's Nick Offerman, and he just looks at me and he says, "Who are you, and what are you doing here?" <laughs> and, I love it. And from that moment on, we we chit chatted. We chit chatted. In hair and makeup, we chit-chatted in the van on the way to the set. Um, his, I remember his his wife texted him, Megan Mullally texted him or something, and whenever she texts or calls, the picture that comes up is Megan Mullally dressed as Nick Offerman for <laughs> Halloween. She went, for, she went as him for Halloween. Um, he was working on a project that he was talking about, and it was just, he made me feel so welcome. It was so sweet. I... Rosie O'Donnell did the same thing. Oh man, that's awesome! Just, that's awesome. You know, like uh, uh, that was an, uh, a show called uh, Smilf. Oh, okay. is that what it called? Smilf was that it on uh, on Showtime? I feel like um, I saw it on your IMDb sure. list, but I I've, I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. hadn't heard of it either. It was a it was a show about a single mom. Okay. Um, a one-hour drama. Rosie O'Donnell did was uh, was doing some real acting on that show. She was really good. Oh, interesting. Um, She's awesome. Yeah, she's yeah, she was yeah, she was. Uh, she didn't. Rose, Rosie O'Donnell was funny because she never stopped talking. <laughs> I didn't actually. We we never had a conversation. She just never stopped talking <laughs> the whole way. It was hilarious. It was actually really, really. It was really wonderful. She kept talking about her best friend Fran. My best friend Fran. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. I, like, and I realized after a minute she was talking about Fran Drescher. Oh, what? Oh, no! oh, man. oh I love Fran Drescher. <laughs> I, I, 
it really does. It feels. I don't. I you know. I don't have much of a career to speak of. I have not, but I. I don't have too much going. No, pro, all the projects that I have going right now are sort of in their infancy, and I'm sort of creating them. I audition all the time. Haven't booked a job in a while, but when I look back, I can at least say I have some really fun little memories of these. Huge, huge, famous people, just like bizarre encounters. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and that, and you know, and it's it's good, it's great for conversations like this. You know what I mean? It's great. It's it's you're never gonna not have something fun to contribute at a party. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I have yeah. to ask you this. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite comedians is Paul F. Tompkins, and I'm so jealous that you got to work with him, and. What was that? What was that like? Because I feel like I would try to make I like I feel like I would try to make him laugh and just fail miserably. But he seems really like he'd be a gracious person. You Maybe just not. described my entire week with Paul F. <laughs> yeah. trying to make him laugh and failing miserably. <laughs> oh no! I was. A, I thought I you a, in your scene on your reel. I was like, he's he's you know holding his own because you made a couple jokes, you know. So they're funny. I, I, I held my I held my own on the episode for sure. It yeah, was, it was it was it was when we weren't rolling where, was, oh, where okay. I didn't hold my own. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's. <sighs> He's had a great career. Um, he, I think, I think Paul F. Tompkins should be a huge star because he's a huge talent. Mm-hmm. He's a huge talent. Yeah, truly, truly one of the funniest people I've ever been in a room with. Um, he, uh, that was, I'll tell God's honest truth. That show was raising hope. I did, I think, three days on that show, um, and that is the most fun I've ever had on a. TV set. Oh wow! Um, Martha Plimpton was sort of the den mother of the set, and what uh, that name. Where does uh, it name sound? Well, she's Martha Plimpton was a goonie. Yeah, she was. She's, the, she's she was sort of the nerdy the goonie, friend of the, the cheerleader or whatever. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and she's. Uh, she's she made her bones on the stage. She's a great stage actress, um, and and you know there's some Hollywood history there too because her and River Phoenix were in love. Oh, really? Uh, when Interesting. Passed. Yeah. So you Yikes. know there's lots of you know it's sad, but it's certainly Hollywood history. And she was she was the night so so nice, so wonderful. It was really like coming into someone's living room, coming into someone's home, make yourself at home if there's anything I can do, you know, you know where the fridge is. Like, it was really so wonderful. And and Paul F. Tompkins was hilarious <laughs> the whole time. He was so funny. Marilyn Rice Cub was on that episode, too. Oh, yeah, too. she's funny. It's hysterical. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, Paul F. Tompkins, years later, I DJed a wedding. And Paul F. Tompkins was one of the guests, one of the <laughs> attendees, and did a speech. <gasps> oh, wow. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, was, it was, I couldn't even, I couldn't describe it to you. 
it was just hysterical. I, I was I used to be a, a an avid listener of the Pod F Tomcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, he's he is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he used to perform at a club in LA called Largo all the time. I don't I don't I haven't seen him live in a while. Yeah, I um, think he only well I think he with it like maybe every so often ventures around the country to a few stops, but I think most of his performances like comedy is is in on the west coast is what i've been told he's he's kind of elusive to see live if you live in the midwest like we do but no one ever comes here anyway yeah (laughs) it's like usually detroit and we're like two and a half hours from detroit so it's a trip when are you when's the live when's the live hollywood podcast i mean oh my gosh yeah you know this is One's our live? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think that'd Tomorrow. be awesome. Um, I think that'd be awesome. I would love to do that. Uh, <laughs> so I do have a couple questions uh, sure. regarding, like, your experience. Um, do you, what's your advice, like, in in terms of rejection and going out there and, like, when you first got to L.A., like, what was it like getting this whole, like, the whole thing started to get these experiences, and and how did that work out? How long did you have to grind before you started sort of getting these these jobs? Sure, sure. Um, I, so I went to Boston University, and I graduated with a degree, like a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting. Mm. To saying it out loud, it's kind of funny. Um, but they trained us pretty well when it came to technique with, but when it came to preparing you for what the day-to-day life of an actor is going to be, um, they, they kind of missed the mark a little bit. Um, you really, once, once you're thrown out into the world, it's, 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 uh, you're really, you're thrown into the fire. Okay. Yeah. So, I thought I was going to be a New York stage actor and I had no idea. I, I got laughed out of auditions in New York. I went on oh, like man. three of them. I didn't really know what I, I had my head, my head, my little headshot and, and my resume was all the plays I did in school. But, uh, I was, it was pretty, it was, it was, I did feel dejected. I was, I didn't, I thought maybe the whole thing wasn't for me. When I got to L.A., I sort of followed a lot of my friends who had moved out, and I just, I, uh, I thought, yeah, I'm a leader now. I was a follower then. And uh, uh, it took about two, I would say it took about two years for me to, to figure out how to navigate the business. And I really started, I mean, from the infancy. You know, again, I say the business. When I say the business, when I say the business, it's far different than when Paul Giamatti says the business. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Okay. When I say the business, it is how do you get your first job? How do you build a reel? How do you know? You know, I didn't even know what a reel was. That wasn't even a thing that we were thinking about in college. It was a black and white headshot and a resume. Oh, and then man. as soon as I got to LA, they were like, no, no, no we don't do black and white headshots, son. We do color headshots. And that just sort of blew my mind. Wow. Just switch it to color. It 
it's two. I, I mean, I mean, we're two, It's two thousand six. I'm t- I'm talking like it's nineteen fifty one. See here, yeah, yeah, so we've moved to color. Why are you using a color photograph? Exactly. We got talkies now. Can you talk? Yeah. So then we had to. So now you had to build yourself a reel. Well, you've never if you if you've never been on uh, television or never done a commercial or anything. How do you build a reel? Mm, mm-hmm. So you find something called actors access actors access is you is a pay to play system in which they post breakdowns and you submit yourself along with thousands of other people for student films short films any things that just do not pay you're not going to make a dime on these but your objective is to start building tape so that you can have a real to submit with your audition. So now you have your headshot with your resume that is all your college theater and community <laughs> theater credits. And now you have some footage of yourself in these short films, these small films. Interesting. And then from there, you try to find workshops. And these workshops can be with casting directors, they can be with casting assistants, they can be with agents or managers. And they'll take a look at your headshot. They'll t- take a look at your resume. Maybe they'll, maybe you get to do a scene with in front of them. Maybe it's a uh, some sort of class. Um, but you start developing relationships. You fi- got to find a good acting class. You have to, and there are a bunch of acting classes out here. Some of them are really good. Some of them are not. And some of them are sponsored by the Church of Scientology. And, you <laughs> wow. Know, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You know, that makes yeah. sense. And, you know, you want to be a little careful. Though, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I listen to Leah Remini's, a lot of Leah Remini's podcast about Scientology, and it is terrifying. In fact, Lauren and I went on, like, a brief, like, off-the-rails discussion once about Scientology, and her podcast scared me so much that I cut that whole conversation out of the episode. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I don't even remember that. Yeah. My dad actually kind of got involved a little bit. and Not, like, involved, but he went for, like, an interview or something, and they kept asking all these questions, and he started asking them back, and they were like, we don't like that you're asking all these questions, so you got to go. And he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> so okay. it was like, at least he's he was curious, and he wanted to know these answers answers and they were just like we're not going to tell you and he's like okay see ya then and i'm like <laughs> dodge the bullet there <laughs> talk yeah, about like a red flag so. the size of the united states you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's yeah i used to live across from what they call the celebrity center which is this big old castle mm-hmm. um uh you know security was pretty good I yeah geez, yeah uh and, but they did have events there, and the big Scientology celebrity bigwigs would come there and dress in their tuxedos and do their thing. And I will admit, it is, it's kind of scary. It's kind of, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when, like, Charlie's looking over and he sees the Wonka at the tower, like, you know, <laughs> there's the factory over there, and it's, Nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes out. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. That feels feels accurate. That's not to question Um, it. (laughs) Yeah. There are, but you know, there are steps. There are steps that you can take. Ground level steps to sort of like build. You'll build it. Basically, it's, it's, all of that is a means to get an agent. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then once you have an agent or manager, then they do the work of finding you the auditions. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. Now, I was in a very lucky scenario because a dear friend of mine from college uh, was a junior agent at a company called the Agency Group. And he, right out of college, he got that job. And God bless him, he spent every lunch break sending emails and making phone calls to try and get me auditions. Oh, Aww. wow. That's awesome. He did. And That's on awesome. my 18th, and I booked my 18th audition. But it took 18, and it was a little spec uh, commercial for Nickelodeon. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Nickelodeon. Uh, 18. 18 is <laughs> the lucky number. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so a lot of it, a lot of it in the early stages, a lot about networking and making connections and. Yeah. And being, being available to do a, as much work as you can for free. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. That's what's going to help you build your tape. And you know, frankly, you know, it's it's I am I am a little embarrassed because you're catching me at a very in, an interesting time in my sort of acting journey because I haven't booked a job in a while, and I really miss the those personal auditions like we were talking about, right? Um. And a couple years ago, you know, I mean, in 2018, I booked my first true guest star, and it was on the MacGyver reboot. Oh, yeah. And it shoots in Atlanta. And so I booked a job where they flew me to Atlanta. And I spent in first class. Wow. And And I spent eight nights in Atlanta, like the first four nights fucking around doing whatever the hell I wanted like I they, I flew in had my costume fitting and then I had four nights to, to do whatever I wanted before I went to set oh my gosh that sounds pretty cool I had <laughs> yeah and then I worked on set for four days had a great time met some great people and then they flew me back to LA first class on Delta and I was like, I was like, this is this is what I've been wanting. This is it. I mean, this is this is a dream. My agent texts me. He's like, "Welcome to guest star life." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, here it is. Let's go. And I think that was the last job I booked. Oh man. And then you know, COVID hit, and yeah. it's just and now if you asked me then would I do a bunch of short films and student films and things for free? Uh, uh, I would have said, no, I don't think so. I think my career is, things are starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And right now, just me having this conversation with you, I'm like, shit, I gotta get, I gotta get back on Actors Access. I gotta do, <laughs> I gotta do some short films. I gotta do some student films. I gotta go back to AFI, put my headshot in their book, do some AFI work. I, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I would work for free. <laughs> right, Espe- my God, especially if it were a, scare- a horror movie, <laughs> which are the most fun things to do. Yeah, I would. Don't tell my agent or my manager <laughs> that I said this, but yeah, yeah, I would work for free right now. Absolutely. You know that actually uh, leads me to my question. So, 
Um, what kind of projects do you normally like seek out? So you said you really like horror. Do you normally seek out horror or do you have like a specific kind of genre that you like? I, uh, the truth of the matter is I, I don't, I don't seek out anything. My reps send me auditions. Oh, okay. I've never, I've never been in the place where I could seek out what I wanted to do. Now, that being said, I, I have another dear friend who's a working actor, and he turns things down. He's like, I don't want to do projects like that. And his agent sent him out for something. He's like, I'm not right for that. I don't want to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have some friends where if they said that to their agents, their agents, they, they would never say that because they'd feel as though they'd be dropped immediately. Uh, and I'm sort of in that category. I, 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 I never say no. You know, very, very rarely do would I say no. But if I had my druthers, uh, comedy I, comedy is so much fun, but there's nothing more fun than a horror movie. Nothing more fun than horror. I love horror. It is, <laughs> it is, it is a blast. It is an absolute blast. And it's funny that it's somehow like poo-pooed a little bit. You know what I mean? It is because the people who do it, they get it. I got to do, like, we'll be completely honest. It's a, um, it was a pretty like lousy, uh, 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 like independent horror film. Um, it, was, it wasn't very good, but the experience of it was so exciting. It was so collaborative. It was three weeks in Pollock Pines, California, cabin in the woods kind of movie. Um, some of the people that I met on that set are some of my closest friends to this day. That's awesome. Oh, nice. Which is crazy. You're on location. It's a low budget. You have to figure out how to do practical effects on the fly. You become so close with the cast and with the crew. Uh, there's nothing like it. It's like summer camp for acting. It really is. It's like summer camp. There's nothing more fun than that. And frankly, I would if I could... If I could figure out a way, even just to be a, a genre actor like that, you know, you have to get like one big project, one big project. Right. People know you for that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're Tobin Bell. You're the guy from from Saw. You know what I mean? And then once you're that person, then you can basically name your price and do any small, low-budget horror movie. You can do six of them a year until the day you die <laughs> and make a great living and it's a play in that wonderful wonderful genre it's so much fun and once in a while you make a really good one it's true for every for every one good horror movie there's about 30 really really bad ones <laughs> yeah i oh yes i i am very <laughs> know that because i love horror and i'll but be the like bad ones are just as much fun to make yeah I, I like some of them are just as much fun to watch i'll be like this looks like garbage i'm gonna turn it on you know? sure. <laughs> so, um so that actually leads me to my next question uh what would your ultimate dream role be Uh, I'd like to play nicely, nicely Johnson in a Broadway revival of Guys and Dolls someday. That's what I'd like to. 
Actually, you know what I'd really like to do? I'd like to be on a television series. I'd like to be on a really bad television series for 10 years, <laughs> but long enough so that, like, I could do that show on the West End in London. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes, yeah. A, a West End London revival of Guys and Dolls, where I played <laughs> Nicely Nicely Johnson. And they and they didn't make me dance. <laughs> they didn't just, make sh- me. just Just shuffle around a little bit. That's I've actually never seen, or maybe I have seen Guys and Dolls, but I... If I did, it was a play, and it was a long, 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 long time ago when I was a teenager, so not that I'm that old, but you know what I mean. It was long <laughs> ago, when it was far away. Far, it was far away, actually. <laughs> well, when you're, when you're a kid and you're doing plays, the, you're inevitably going to be doing musicals, right? That mm-hmm. seems to be, that's, that's what, that's what you, that gets done in middle schools and high schools. And oh, yeah. Community yeah. theaters, right? So... By the time I got to college, I had done like a dozen musicals. Right. And, I, they were, and so, yeah, yeah, as I've gotten older, I I don't really enjoy them as much as I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But a few of them still, they have a big place in my heart, I will admit. Yeah, I... But... So just to step back and talk about horror again, because I can see that uh, you're, I started talking about musicals and you both started falling asleep. Um, oh, I love musicals. <laughs> Lauren loves musicals. I, I do. I love musicals. <laughs> the, when I first got the script for that horror movie, you know the, the cliche, that's funny, the cliche is you get a script and you're like, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> my line, bullshit, my <laughs> line, my line. I will admit, as soon as I got that script, the first thing I did was look to see what page my character died on. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> awesome. I like that. And my, char- my character did, died on page 81. Oh, wow. yes. Yes, I'm in most of this movie. This is yes. amazing. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, that's I, pretty exciting. I, would, I, I think I would, I think before, before I'm done with all of this or it's done with me, um, I would like to, I think I'd very much like to play some sort of psychopathic murderer yeah. in some horror movie. I think that would be a blast. I would like to play the bad guy. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, yeah. if I was an actress, I would love to play villains. Well, I, would be I think, super yeah, the, the villain, villain seems yeah. the most fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and I gotta tell you, I am a big, cuddly, sweetheart teddy bear. <laughs> So, you know, someone will have to be able to see that and be like, yeah, maybe he's a teddy bear, but he's capable of murder. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's capable of murder. <laughs> he has a dark side. Just I don't so, know what that is. I don't know what that looks like, but, oh, how much fun would that it would be? be? It's, it would be fun. Yeah. I would, I'd love to, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I've done a couple of just, like, videos of, like, on TikTok of me, like, acting. Nothing really special, but, I, you know, just kind of fun. But um, I, I always think, like, the villains are just so much fun to play. Like, this kind of, like, cold, stoic, just, like, I could end you and you wouldn't even, yeah. like, see it coming. You know, and it's just, like, this yeah. kind of, I think it's, because I'm a pretty, like, happy person in general you know what I mean pretty like I would say I'm a kind individual would you say yeah but you know I think that there's like it's like the part that likes to listen to like true crime podcasts is that there's like sure yeah like that there's like a little bit of that dark fascination with like just really scary shit you know and so yeah 
Well, I, I have to I have to recommend this to you if you've never if you like horror and you clearly are are movie making is are both your passions. Um, did you ever get into the the slasher movies in the eighties, the Friday the Thirteenth, and the things like that? Um, not as much. Um, I was more into like Scream. I like okay, the Scream sure. series. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen the newest one though. So I haven't either. I I would. I'm going to recommend this to you, and I'm going to recommend just watch the first hour because it's about seven hours long, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But there is there is a comprehensive documentary on the making of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Okay. Oh, cool. Called, called Crystal Lake Memories. Okay. Na- narrated by Corey Feldman because Goonies <laughs> never say die. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to write this down. What was it called? You said Crystal Lake Memories? Crystal Lake Memories. And you watch the first hour or so, and you get a good idea of what it's what it's like to make a low-budget horror movie. The fact that it was as successful as it is is is, is amazing. But that that's 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 what I'm talking about. It is. I think know, I do own do you, the first two. You, yeah. yeah. I oh, think sure. I do, yeah. That's it. And then um, you see, like anybody, it, it, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. It's almost like I, I do, I do kind of think anybody, almost anybody, can act in something like that. Uh, Kevin right. Bacon was in it. It was like one of his first. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. jeez. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I. There's a scene where um, one of the girls is killed in like the cabin, and she like turns and looks, and she's like. Ah! And I was like, in the time that you took to scream, you could have ran away, but instead you got murdered. Like it's just, yeah. and I was laughing yeah. so hard. I was like, yeah. this is so ridiculous. Like, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I own the first two. I, I bought them. Sure. I don't know if I ever watched the second one, but anyway. There's a fun, there's a fun anecdote that Tom Savini tells in those movies, and it really kind of sums up what it's like to work on them. They're talking about when Tom Savini gets a script and he sees people. The, you know special effects that he has to make practically for each death scene. He says, "There's a scene that just says, woman gets uh, hit in head with axe." And he <laughs> asked the he asked the director, "All right, do you want to do you want a fake head and a real axe or a real head and a fake axe?" <laughs> and that's the those are the problems you have to sort of figure out on the fly. Yeah, best job in the world. Uh, not really. This is a uh, it's not horror related, but I don't yep. know if this interest you at all but there is a documentary series as well about industrial i think it's industrial light and magic they're they're the people who do the star wars effects right in 70s and it's on disney plus and it's i think it's called light and magic and it's all just about their process for making all the special effects and i think that is like talk about the greatest job in the world is just being a special effects designer like before like when now, modern-day special effects, you do have to have talent, so I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but just, like, before things were, quote-unquote, easy, and you had to think through these problems logistically and be like, how do we make a ship flying through space look as real as we can? How do we make a guy riding a mythical creature through a snowy world <laughs> look real? You know, how do we make an axe hitting a woman in the head and killing her look real without actually murdering an actress right. you know so i i think that's like that behind the scenes stuff is so cool yeah we it's so much fun. i mean sam and i still talk about how like well aged jurassic park is and there's so many practical mm-hmm. effects in that one and it's just 
remarkable because stuff that like we were, you know, we were talking about like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's 20 years old now, 21 years old now, and it looks pretty dated compared to like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, it's just like compared to like Jurassic Park, though, you know, you look at um, Pirates of the Caribbean and you're like, Ugh. but then it's like Jurassic Park. You're like, well, that still looks really awesome, you know, and it's it really does the practical effects is what it is, you know. It is. It is. It really is. Yeah. Funny. It's funny. Uh, Samantha and I went to Universal for her birthday. Oh, fun. Uh, That's in awesome. December. Universal and, would be fun. Uh, she she rode the Jurassic uh, the Jurassic World ride twice. <laughs> I love it. That's yes. so good. She rode it twice. Like a little kid. It. it was great. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That actually leads into a question I want. Well, there's two things I wanted to say. Number one, um, there was a scene in In Your Real where you fainted, and I thought that that was the awesomest, like, the funniest. I don't know. I think it's, I think. That's for Dexter, right? Physical comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Physical comedy is a, is a real talent, and you just, like, collapsed fainting at the crime scene, and I was like, that's, I just, I was really impressed by that, and I don't know if, did you have to practice that? Sort yeah, of the, I, had to, I did. I had to practice it. And they wanted to build me like a little mat to, they, like on the fly. They wanted to build me a mat to fall onto, and um, I had to convince them. The softest thing for me to fall into is the sand. We're oh yeah, on the beach. <laughs> Just let me fall on the sand. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Because they're building this thing, and it's got like blankets over plywood and something and i'm just like this is far less com- this this is this yeah. is like a, you're you're creating this is like a mattress at travel lodge now i don't want to fall on this let me fall in the sand right and yeah i got to do it three or four times and um yeah i enjoyed I, I, honestly i thought that was fun that was it was fainting day was a fun day for me i bet i i think i think the math like masters of physical comedy like that's a hard that's a hard genre of comedy is like I mean I know fainting isn't necessarily physical comedy but it is like phys- well, something little, physically yeah, difficult yeah, to yeah, do sure. yeah. yeah so and, you know you you want to do it in a way where like your head falls back you want you want to like <laughs> you want to create the illusion of your eyes rolling back in your head and your head you know so your your head is going back as your knees are hitting the ground you know it was it was good it was fun was that that was That's, the first season right that was season five season five okay you were that close was yeah. five. That i was think i only oh no i watched Edward James almost uh colin hanks season okay yeah yeah um was uh, Moss Def in that one, or is that a later one? I don't remember Moss Def being in Dexter. I remember him playing someone named Brother Sam. I think. I think it was a later. It was maybe oh. a later season. Yeah, I can't believe I remember that honestly. Because, well, I have a lot of opinions about the way Dexter ended, but <laughs> well, we, I mean, we all, we all share this. Yeah, yeah. I had not I actually, seen the newest season, so you know, I was like, eh. no, I didn't. I actually think it's partly my fault. I think the se- I think the series started to go down 
starting with my episode. Sadly. No, no way. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's the very first episode of the fifth season, and I thought the fifth season was kind of. <laughs> I don't know. And then, it, then the way it ended, it was, it was you know, I didn't want to see her fall in love with her brother. Nobody wanted. Oh to see yeah, that, that was that's super weird. weird. I remember I she's like at her therapist, and she's like, "Every guy I've ever dated has been just like Dexter," and I was like, "Literally, none of them been like your brother. <laughs> like, literally, I, none of them been like your brother." I, I, we were, we were all, yeah, we were all just, it was, and I, and, um, you know, and I'd like to, uh, I'd like to apologize to all Dexter fans for being the, (laughs) being the, the cause. It's all your fault. It's all, it's all your fault. Because of course the season before that was the John Lithgow season. That was was so scary. Oh my God. It was so intense. So So good. Yeah. That one was like. That so one you flipped me the my... fuck out. Like, whew. Ugh, John Lithgow, like, I was, like, scared. I was scared of him after that role. Like, and he, I was so used to seeing him as third in, uh, as Dix from Third Rock. Dick Solomon, yeah. yeah. from Third yeah. Rock in the Sun. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this will be, like, a funny role. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, this isn't funny at all. <laughs> you know? his, his dramatic work is great. Yeah. Um, he's done a couple... Um, He's done a couple, uh, uh, oh, what's the filmmaker? Um, oh, what's his damn name? This is great radio, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Brian De Palma. So he's done, John Lithgow's done a a couple really good Brian De Palma movies where he's really, really scary. One of them is called, um, Blowout. Okay. And it is, it stars John Travolta. Interesting. It's it's a wonderful picture. And another is Raising Cain, where he plays someone suffering from multiple personalities. And just, I I knew of him as a terrifying performer long before Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, okay. I didn't, I okay. Know, he, I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah. I... You know what I mean? Like, like going, doing uh, Dexter was kind of like a return to his oh, work. Oh, wow. As, Interesting. As I didn't know terrifying. that. Oh yeah, yeah. He is he is very good at being very scary. He like, I mean, that guy left a real impression on me, and it was a really freaked out impression. I'm getting like nervous talking about it. Like literally, like yeah, a g- girl, like girl. <laughs> I gotta tell you guys, um, I started watching Dexter, and I watched like three episodes, and I literally had a nightmare, a, a nightmare. Um, about one of the episodes and so I never watched it again. And it was just I was only on like episode three of season one and I was just like, not for me, not for me. I loved <laughs> so. I loved the second season because I had a huge a thing for the girl that played Lila. I was like, she's so beautiful. I've got such a thing for her. Oh my god, like she's just gorgeous. I was like, oof, my heart <laughs> you know <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I do wanna know I I do wanna know like what are your five favorite movies? I know that this is a loaded question, and so I always preface it with like, "What are your five favorite movies that you're feeling right now?" Yes. Don't you know? Like maybe yes. tomorrow you'll feel differently, but right now, what are your five favorite yes. movies? Right. Let's let's go with right now. Let's yes. go with right now. Yeah. Let's go with right now. Um, what I'm how what I'm feeling right now. Uh, uh, lately, I've really been feeling the Godfather Part Two mm. lately. Um, Wait, sorry, I've what was been, that again? The what? Uh, the Godfather Part Two. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I recently watched that. Uh, it's, you know, the I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart, 
takes place on New Year's Eve, so I try and watch it around New Year's. Oh, it's I like the, that. You know, to watch the Christmas movie and say, yep. I, that's my New Year's movie. <laughs> I love movie traditions. Um, yeah. I do. I really yes, do. certainly. Yeah. You know, I, I um, we just recently started a new tradition with my uh, goddaughter, um, and we are watching uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People every St. Patrick's Day. Oh. And that is one of those wonderful live-action Disney movies from the late 50s, early 60s, wow. like Mary Poppins, sort of in that vein, and Swiss Family Robinson. And another picture, which I'm going to put on this five, which is called Bedknobs and Broomsticks with Angela Oh, I used to Lansbury. watch that when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> I, I am... Still to this day, at forty-one years old, I am obsessed with that movie. I could watch it any time. I think it's a perfect movie. Wow, I've I never seen it. it. Yeah. Maybe I should watch. I've never seen it. It is, it is wonderful. And I'll tell you, like, it, the, I mean, it's uh, the, it, the fact that it takes place during World War Two and the Nazis are the bad guys. I mean, like, <laughs> you throw that element that. into it. Like it's it's a I think it's a perfect movie. I really oh. do. All right, so that's two. Okay. Okay, number three. Do you know the Sting? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a I Maybe? I'm cra- I'm crazy about the Sting. That's Paul a good Newman, movie. Robert Redford. Yeah. That's okay. A good movie. Okay. I don't know. I've never. Okay. I've never heard. I don't even know if I've heard of it. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. It's set right. in like the 30s, maybe. That's right. In yeah. Chicago, I may have heard, I may have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's about con artists. It has like a really it. cool ragtime uh, score. Whole right. mm. score was is uh, uh, Scott Joplin music that mm-hmm. was arranged by Marvin Hamlish. <laughs> I love that I know that. <laughs> I also think Marvin Hamlish is just one of the great names. <laughs> Who is that? Is that Marvin Hamlish? <laughs> Mav. 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 Marvin Hamlish is at the door. <laughs> Marvin Hamlish is here with marvelous Marvin Hagler. Um, uh, I'm not even stoned. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what do I, I need two more? Yes. Yep, two more. Yes. I need two more. Okay. Uh, all right. This is one of my favorite movies that came out in the last four or five, oh God, maybe a little bit longer now. Let's say 10 years. I'm a sucker for uh, private detective stories. Whodunit private detective stories. And Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling made a movie <gasps> a few years ago called The Nice Guy. Oh, I wanted to see that. Criminally underrated, I think. I really wanted to see that I one. Saw, it was I, me. It, I saw it in theaters, and I think I, like, from the moment the movie started to the moment it ended, I saw it with a friend, and we were dying the whole time. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And I know Ryan Gosling is a huge star, but he is so good at comedy. Like, he's typecast as a dramatic actor a lot. He's really good. He's good at everything, but I he's think, very like, talented. he shines. That movie, I... Anyway, I, I'm not True. even letting you talk about it. It's on your no, list, you're and right. I'm like... Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> So. You're just you're saying exactly what I would say. I think it truly it truly highlights how good a comedy he is. Um, he at one point he does these two things in this movie. At one point he does this thing where he's Russell Crowe's barging in on him in a bathroom and he's reading a like a magazine in a bathroom stall and his pants are down at his ankles. And he does this thing where he can't keep the bathroom stall door closed. 
egg keeps swinging back at him, and he keeps trying to kick it, but he can't use his hands because now his hands are blocking his private parts, and he's using it. <laughs> it's this convoluted... I'm telling you, the whole bit, it takes like 20 seconds, mm-hmm. and he's hysterical, and he does this other thing. Um, he does this other thing where he... <laughs> he's drunk, and he pretends to be he's flirting with this girl <laughs> and he like she like shoots him and he's like oh, oh god and pretends to be hurt and falls backward and falls off the back of a balcony it's and amazing. then rolls down a hill <laughs> it's amazing it's so like i remember that i remember laughing so, so hard good. at that moment it's yeah and to me that's not even the best part the best part <laughs> i need to he see rolls down the hill and he lands near a tree and he gathers himself and he looks to his left and right next to this tree, right leaning against this tree with him, is a dead body. Oh. <laughs> and then he does a bit that is uh, an impression of Lou Costello from Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which for the sake of this game is going to be my number five movie. Oh, nice. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I love Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Um he does a thing where he's so scared that he loses control of his breath and he's trying to yell for help and he he and then he tries to whistle for help and he puts his fingers in his mouth and nothing comes out it's just it is it is he stole it right from Lou Costello in a wonderful tribute oh that's awesome even Russell Crowe is, is yeah. hysterical in that yep. too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, Russell Crowe, did, did you see the the, uh, the Pope's Exorcist? No. no. That was pretty good, too. Oh. Is that, is that horror, too? Yeah, I think... Um, uh, yeah, it's... it's, it's kinda, yeah, it's an exorcism movie, so it's closer to horror than anything else, but a friend of mine um, described it as... Or no, it wasn't a friend of mine. I think I read this description. It's the uh, the, ex- uh, the Exorcist meets the Da Vinci Code. Oh, uh, and I was like, all right, yeah. well, that's enough to get my uh, interest. Interesting. It's not on my list here. <laughs> sure. Not on my list, but um, but uh, it's it's very good. Can I get can I get one more? Sure, so sure, talking, yeah, uh, yeah. Talking about horror. Um, Halloween. Okay. Oh. The original. The original. You know, um, my mom actually looks a lot like Jamie Lee Curtis, and so I was watching Halloween Ends, and there's, like, the scene where he's, like, choking her, and I was, like, I was getting, like, traumatized from it. Like, I was, like, oh, my God, this looks like my mom. Like, I was, like, oh, God, this is really awful, and I was, I was, like, it it was, like, traumatizing. It was, like, watching my mom being choked. It was awful, but um, that's, that's interesting. So you have, like, a wide taste in, in movies. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I, you know, I it's it's a dangerous. I this see this is a conversation that I we could have for hours. Yeah, we could just be throwing out movies that we yeah. love. And oh I yeah, really do span all genres. Um, and I you know and I and I love a good foreign film too. Mm-hmm. Some of you know some of the best ones are. Uh, Samantha and I just watched a series on Netflix called Midnight Mass. You know what? I just watched. Um, uh, the uh, Fall of the House of Usher by Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah, need to see good? Midnight Mass. Um, 
I I enjoyed it. It wasn't. I really liked the haunting of Hill House, and I felt like the fall of the House of Usher didn't really have that emotional component to it. That sure, like yeah. the haunting of Hill House really like really got to me. You know, yeah, um, especially with the whole bent neck lady thing. Um, whereas the fall oh, of the house, yeah. yeah, yeah, see, he knows exactly because I've been telling her about it, about and I'm like, and it's just like Ugh. you just don't understand until you see it. It's just so fucking heartbreaking. Like it will just tear your heart out and stomp on it. Like it's yeah. so fucking sad. Anyway, yeah. um, so the fall of the house of Usher, everyone was kind of an asshole in it. So you're you don't like in the beginning, like first immediately like you know all these people have died and so when they die you're kind of like eh, you know they just yeah. they're just a bunch of assholes so versus yeah. like you know the haunting of hill house was very emotionally driven and so when they do when something bad happens to them you're like okay yep nope i'm not i'm not okay you know but sure. with this you were like sure. well you know you killed your girlfriend so <laughs> just saying like yeah sure so, what did you think of Midnight Mass? You gotta watch it. I, I know. I need to. I think I need to get a I Netflix account, it. honestly. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I, lo- I absolutely loved it. Samantha had seen it a couple times. That's how much she liked it. She okay. was so excited to show it to me. It took me a while to finish it. And the funny thing is, I mentioned it to my parents after I'd watched two or three episodes. They finished it in like two days. Really? <laughs> and I had to be like, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous, dangerous game. Yeah, it really was. I really, really loved it. I'll have to also, watch it. Yeah. Shout out to Annabeth Gish, who was on that show. Mm-hmm. She was in charge. She was in Charlie Says. Yeah, she was. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, wow. she was yeah. also in the Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, oh, so wow. she was in Midnight Mass as well. Yes, yeah, she was. Oh, okay. So they have. He has a. They have a company of actors that they keep reusing. Yeah, like, yeah, and I. I love that. What a treat to be in a in a company and get to be used over and over like that. I've always, I was always, uh, you know, I I love those Christopher Guest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, get to, you get to see the same actors in those mm-hmm. over and over. Christopher Nolan does that a lot as well. He does. Yes. Yeah. 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 Have you seen Hush, the Mike Flanagan directed film? Because if you like horror movies, you should absolutely see that one. Oh no, that's been, that is on my list. That's yeah. good. That's it's, okay. it's it's really good. Fantastic. It's really good. It's, yeah, it's unique. Yeah, because it's about a mm-hmm. woman who's deaf. It's pl- played by um, oh my god, now I'm totally Kate Siegel, who's who's Mike Flanagan's wife in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and well, ne- nepotism hire. <laughs> so she, um, so she's deaf. Is it, and it's, wait, is it nepotism when you hire a it, woman? I didn't know. No, no. no nepotism. <laughs> she said it was his wife. Oh, I didn't know that. No, nepotism <laughs> is like someone related to you. Okay. Yeah. I've only heard that used as like a men in their nepotism. No, 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 no. <laughs> nepotism is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, this newfangled thing, he hired a woman. But um, <laughs> it, it, so she, so everything that we take for granted as people who can hear, you like have to throw that out the window when watching this film because you're like oh shit that's right so she can't hear him so she constantly has to know where he is so she can't hide you know and so it's like it's I mean good. I get like goosebumps talking about like it's it's well I get goosebumps talking about a lot of stuff but um it's usually when I'm excited about something <laughs> so yeah I would 100,000 percent recommend that that reminds me of another bizarre scary movie do you remember when a stranger calls mm-hmm. with Carol Kane? 
you know, the, the, have you checked the children? Oh, and yeah. The killer is upstairs, yep. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, years and years later, they made a sequel, When a Stranger Calls Back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Stars Carol Kane, and now she's a, now I think believe she's like a writer and a therapist, and she's helping uh, 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 people with, through these horrible traumatic events. And yes, there's another killer. And yes, she has to figure out who the killer is. And yes, the killer is after her. But the ki- the, the device is hysterical because the killer is a ventriloquist. Oh, no. Who knows how to throw his voice so that it sounds like it's coming from one direction, but really he's in the opposite direction and he's in the closet because mm. apparently ventriloquists can throw their voices. And... <laughs> He's a master of disguise. Oh, boy. He, he somehow gets inside of Carol Kane's apartment at the end. I'm telling you the movie because you're never going to see it. <laughs> and he somehow wears an airbrushed costume of a brick wall oh. and paints it from head to toe. And like, and, like, part of it is a houseplant because he's hiding behind half the houseplant. That's he's extensive planning. hiding. In the, in the in the corner of the oh my god, and he can throw his voice. And he <laughs> it makes me want to see that. Honestly, it's making me just want to watch it more. That's a killer <laughs> that just likes the game. He doesn't even care about the killing. He just likes the creativity behind it. <laughs> it is it is absolutely bonkers. That but. is hilarious. That's yeah. Um, like why didn't he just move his suit over one inch so he didn't have to include the plants, you know? Like that's what I want to know. Let's get in the head of this killer. Like why include I, the houseplant? You know what? You you spend so much of this movie in the head of this killer. That you're, gonna, <laughs> you're gonna regret saying that. Um I was gonna say, I just finished the Goosebump series, the one on Hulu, and that has the ventriloquist slappy or the uh the ventriloquist doll slappy in it. It was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. It was like no Yeah, it was actually like the ventriloquist part didn't really feel ridiculous. It felt like it really actually kind of fit and worked. And uh, it was a little more heavy than a kid's show. I definitely wouldn't say it's, like, really for, like, children. I would say it's maybe, like, 14 and up, you know? But I feel like I enjoyed it was it probably designed for people who w- were kids when the Goosebumps Yeah, I think it was out. definitely made for, like people, for like people like us. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and it definitely is. It's more, like, geared towards adults, I think. But I, I enjoyed it. I watched the entire thing, and I liked it, so... Yeah. God, I love those R.L. Stein yeah. books when I was a kid. I mean, it really, I think it set the, didn't that set the tone for for all of us scary, true crime-loving adults? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Because you're, you're not, re- did you read a lot of the Goosebumps when you were a kid? I did not. No? My okay. parents didn't really allow the Goosebumps books, but uh, I was a little bit rebellious. I would go to the neighbor's house and watch, because there was a Goosebumps show on Nickelodeon. Oh, that's right, yeah. And so I would go to the neighbor's house and we would watch the show, but in my parents' house, Goosebumps wasn't allowed, so, yeah. Yeah, but in, she's not really into, like, true crime, but I'm, like, really into true crime. I'm so not. Yeah. I'm not, but... Yeah. Um, Sam, what's, what's your genre? Um, I like comedy. I like drama. Um, I like crime, but true crime is, like, iffy. Like, I pick and choose what I like about true crime or mysteries or something like that. But I like, geez, I don't even know. I feel like comedy is probably like the movies that formed me, like my three formative movies are Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy and Billy Madison. <laughs> so oh, wow. okay, like yeah. those are the movies that I grew up on. But I also, I mean like, 
I don't just like comedies, but that's like people. There are people who grew up on horror, and then people who grew up on like comedy. I think, and I'm like in the comedy sure. camp. Like, Absolutely. I didn't really grow up on horror. Actually, I was like terrified of everything when I was a kid, and then I just I don't know. <laughs> I was actually terrified of everything terrified. too. Yeah, like yeah. I was scared. Like there, there used to be a commercial. There used to be a TV show called Sightings. And it was yeah. about UFOs and ghosts and stuff. And, like, the commercials for that show scared me so much that I couldn't watch them when they came on during the commercial breaks. I'm trying to convince so. her to watch Midsummer. <laughs> My boyfriend is, too. My boyfriend, Mike, is like, you got to watch Midsummer, And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know yes, if I can do. do it. Yes, you do. You have to. And if you can make it through Midsummer, I think, is it Midsummer? Mid- I don't really. I don't I know. Midsummer, I think. I don't is know. It I'm not if sure. you can make it through that, uh... Give hereditary. No, no, she can't handle hereditary. No, I feel protective over her. I'm like, no, don't watch it. You're too little. <laughs> You're just I a know, baby. I, I tell all my friends with kids, don't watch that movie. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I mean, it freaked uh, me out the first time I watched it. You know, because yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm intrigued by them because I, I know that they're quality. It's just the images that I'm just like, I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I want the images. Like, yeah. like after I watched Charlie says. I, I knew about the Manson murders because, like, I've gone on deep dives before. Like, when we watched, when we reviewed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I went on a little bit of a deep dive about the Manson murders. After watching Charlie Says, I went on another deep dive about the Manson murders, and I regretted it, and I needed, like, I'm like, I need a palate cleanse, I need to play Animal yeah. Crossing, or I'm not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's just this, like, yeah. <laughs> do I want these images in my brain? You know, so. I mean, I need a palate cleanse, too, after I watch stuff. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't just, like, watch something dark and then go to bed i need like to watch something like heart light-hearted and fun or else yeah, yeah, I, mm-hmm. so. I need like 10 minutes of stand-up before yeah yeah i need like two hours but yeah <laughs> a little more mcdonald or a little conan o'brien yep yep yeah, yeah. yeah just to just to get you in the right the right mindset yeah. <laughs> but i think i think midsummer would be okay for you because i think that you see a lot of the stuff coming and it's not quite as bad as i think you think it will be mm-hmm. so yeah that's what I'd say. Well, and I love Frances Pugh. Uh, Florence. She's a Florence Pugh. My bad. I, you know, that's how much I love her. I just her by <laughs> don't even name. know her name. No, she's so she's so talented. She's yeah. she's really. Well, then this is. Really then I think that's a, this is a must watch for you. Yeah. I think this is her. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I yeah. Best, I think this is her best of all of the pictures of her that I've seen. I think yeah. This is her best it's the, yeah, yeah. She's very well. Mm. She's very good in it. Um. So actually, I had a question since you were in Charlie says. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And what did you think of it if you saw it? <laughs> I I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the day it came out. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. So I guess I didn't, I, I didn't see the Thursday midnight showing. I saw it Friday afternoon. Went by myself to go see it. I loved it. And as I was driving home from the movie theater... One of my best friends called me and he said, hey, are we going to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood tonight? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. And so you so watched six hours of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> the Friday that it came out, I saw that movie twice. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I absolutely loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, it's... This is funny because when when Inglorious Bastards came out, um, my father saw it and he didn't like it because he couldn't understand why you would change history. He's like, you people are going to see that movie. 
young people are going to see that movie and they're going to think that's how Hitler died. And like, that's how the war ended. And I was like, no, dad, they're not. This is, this is a, it's a fantasy. It's a, it's, it's, it's every person's fantasy. This is how we, this is how we want to see it happen. Yeah. You know? And, um, and nothing could be more true than in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because, you know, it's funny. They, they, I have a lot to say about this picture. They have a, uh, I read a lot of people who are really angry that, that, uh, Margot Robbie didn't have more to say in that movie. Mm, they were yeah. mad that she didn't have enough lines, and I think that that's such a sh- obnoxious, a not obnoxious, ignorant, short-sighted commentary on the picture, because she is riveting. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Cannot take your eyes off. I her. love Margot. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. She is. She yeah. is. You really, she doesn't have to talk for you to fall in love with her in that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how she is. Mm-hmm. It's who she is. I love and when she's sitting in the on, movie theater laughing at yeah, the movie. Her feet are up on the on the seat. Yeah. She's got these like dorky glasses on. It's perfect. It's wonderful. She's awesome, you fall yeah. in love with that character. Mm-hmm. And so when you see the kids in the car at the end, and you know what really happens. Yeah. The idea, I started to get sick to my stomach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This character that has been built over a few hours who you just love, you're going to see her get slaughtered and I didn't want to see that. Yep, yeah. yeah. I was so, nervous. Yeah, you get nervous. Like, what? So the yeah. payoff, <laughs> the payoff right. was such a gift to the audience. yeah. You know, it really moved me, and I thought it was the best work that DiCaprio had ever done. Mm-hmm. I, and he's and he's great in everything. Yep, he, he was perfect in that movie. Mm-hmm. He was astoundingly good. I would watch the. I'd like to watch the the hours and hours of B roll that of him uh, take after. I want to see take two and take three. <laughs> I love when yeah. he's screaming at them like in the car. Like, what the fuck are you doing to my fucking property, ladies? <laughs> that part I was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think Tarantino's ever made a bad movie. I love her. I really do like everything he's ever done. I, I agree. Uh, it's awesome. It's, he's, he's an incredible talent. Yeah, and I, I think, agree. um, something I really like about him is that he's just at his core. He's just a really nerdy kid who likes movies and I think that that comes through. And violence. And violence, <laughs> yeah. But just, like, I think he's, like, he makes movies for the 16-year-old boy that's still inside sure. of him that 100%. was, like, yep. you make movies? That's so cool, you know? Yeah. And I think and I think he's just really cool. Um, well, we listen, watched... when you guys come out, when you guys <laughs> yeah. come out, which I think it's, I think it's inevitable. I mean, I can, I, 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 there's, That'd be cool. I, for, for you guys to do what you do, I think it's. I think you guys should should come out and just get a get a taste of what this bizarre city we called should. Los Angeles is like. And when yeah. you do, we will all go to the Vista Theater that Quentin Tarantino just bought oh. and it's now finally reopened. Oh man! And we'll, we'll go over there and we'll go. We'll get some popcorn, and some drinks, and we'll see some. We'll see a double feature at the Vista. Oh right! Yeah. Awesome! I love it. I'm, I'm Which will getting... inevitably probably be a Tarantino movie and then some strange grindhouse movie from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <that he laughs> pairs with it. Yeah. Yeah. This has been really fun. Yeah. It's been really Thank great. Thank you for Listen, talking to us. 
It's my pleasure. I'd do this anytime. You guys were, uh, you guys, this was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. You know what's funny? The funny thing is, too, is that my uh, my mother and father have been are staying with me for uh, throughout the holidays. They'll be leaving uh, uh, not soon enough. Not soon. <laughs> you know, they're going to be staying with me for a bit longer. And uh, uh, they've been in the room this whole time. Oh, really? Oh, hi. <laughs> So, but they have no, but they're only getting my end of the conversation. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. So they have no idea how delightful the two of you were. So oh, well, thank I look you. Forward to, uh, I look forward to uh, sharing this with them. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Monday. And, uh, It'll be on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. That's great. And, uh, you know, listen, you guys get bored and you ever, you know, someone cancels on you, and I'm happy to do this again. <laughs> you, we, we, three of us can talk movies Oh my gosh. Time. Yeah. Well, you're That's actually fun. only our second ever interview, so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you for that being on. That was really on. fun. Yeah. Thank thanks. you for sharing thanks your so stories much. and your expertise. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It yeah. was fun to watch. Fun to watch you in action. And yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yes, it was very fun. If you like our podcast, uh, go to iTunes. Please give us five stars. It helps us out. And thank you so much to Mike Myers for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.